Hello out there, and how are you? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And welcome once again to the Man Cave Huddle, where we like to talk about sports, entertainment, and lifestyle. And you know what? All that is and more is going to be discussed in this episode. But first, let's give a congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. Psych! To the Toronto Raptors for upsetting the Golden I can't say upsetting the Golden State Warriors. I take that back. For the Toronto Raptors for winning the NBA title. And you cannot discount this title because of the injury that the Golden State Warriors suffered. I don't want to hear it because nobody was saying anything when the Warriors won their first title with no Kyrie, no Kevin Love, and LeBron still took them to six games. And the next year when they were healthy, they beat them. So injuries are a part of the game. It's unfortunate, but 10, 20 years from now, Toronto will still be the champions. So kudos and oh, Canada. But as we move along, let's talk about lifestyle, sports, entertainment, and where it all comes in into the NBA draft. One thing that I like about watching with the NBA draft is the culture and where the style is nowadays. Because, you know, these guys, they ain't got no money, but yet they out there with all the bling, right? Obviously, it's the agents or whomever giving them a line of credit because they know that they're good for it. So, you know, you get to see the alligator shoes. You get to see guys walking out there with no socks with the high water look. Some guys walking out there with a, a spider web on the jacket. Um, other guys walking out there with, you know, the no tie shirt open, just looking cool. Other guys, you know, it was very cool. It was very nice. Some guys have very colorful suits. But in this NBA draft, there really was no shock with the number one overall pick, and that being Zion Williamson, forward center out of Duke. And, you know, life after Anthony Davis for the New Orleans Pelicans is looking real, real Real good. And when I what I mean when I say that is, is that, okay, yes, they drafted Zion, but who else is on that roster? They did trade away Anthony Davis, but in return, they received Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart. Let's not forget, Drew Holiday is still on the team. So you figure Julius Randle, he opted out of this deal. Maybe he's seeing what the New Orleans Pelicans have going on, and he might want to opt back in. And then if he doesn't, the Pelicans still had Jaleel Okafor, and they drafted Jackson Hayes in the top 10. Who's Jackson Hayes? He's just, a, you know, your typical rim protector, your slasher, cutter, rebound, putback guy. A guy who'll probably be around in the league for a very long time. But I thought that they did, um, the New Orleans Pelicans, all of a sudden, they, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs and win the NBA title, but, you know, they might be a team to watch next year. They might be very exciting and fun to watch. No, 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 no surprise at number two with John Morant going to Memphis. Now, with number three, R.J. Barrett. I'm happy that the Knicks selected him for a couple reasons. Because the Knicks were a team that for so many years now, it was like they're looking, on these, they're looking at all these free agents. They're looking at LeBron James. They're looking at this guy. Now we're, they're waiting on Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. But... In between them doing that, you have to put together some type of roster. 
I mean, as I was watching the draft, and, you know, the Knicks are on the clock, and they usually say team needs. You know, a team might need this. A team might need that. It said everything. Like, literally, it said team needs everything. And in parentheses, depth. So, I mean, you couldn't go wrong here. They drafted R.J. Barrett, who's a building block. This is a guy where, okay, in four years, you never know. He might become a star. I mean, he's a top five talent in the draft. Couple him with Kevin Knox. All Nick fans like Mitchell Robinson. Don't forget, you still have Dennis Smith Jr., Noah Vonley. You still got Emmanuel Moutier. Let's not talk about Alonzo Trier, who wasn't even drafted for some way, somehow. Worked his way not only into the lineup, but becoming a good player. And let's say in free agency, the Knicks do land some of these big-time free agents. Might be cooking with some gasoline here. But when you talk about teams that actually won and lost the NBA draft, let's talk about teams that... I I don't want to talk about losers in the draft, because how could you lose when you're drafting uh, players here? But there are winners and guys who really, really did good. Obviously, the New Orleans Pelicans did good. But another team that I want to talk about, in my opinion, that I thought did, that did real good, they got two picks in this first round were the Atlanta Hawks. And they drafted forward out of Virginia, DeAndre Hunter, and guard out of Duke, Cam Reddish. Why is that a good move? Because last year with Trey Young, he's the generic version of Steph Curry. Like, Steph Curry's Hennessy, and Trey Young is like E&J. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Trey Young, once he gets past that half-court line, he's within range. Now you got a guy like Cam Reddish who could spread the floor. DeAndre Hunter, who could do a little bit of everything but spread the floor too. And then you, you sprinkle in a little bit of Vince Carter for veteran presence. This is how we're supposed to act. This is how we're supposed to do things. This is how it's going to work. Now you got a nice young core there with leadership and a great culture guy in Vince Carter. I like what the Hawks did. Maybe in a couple years, or maybe they clear some, you know, the magic word, clear some cap space. And you sign one of these big-time freights, maybe not this year, but in a couple years when you have a nice nucleus and it might be very attractive for another team or, or another a player on a, another team to want to come. Another another team that I felt that did real good, I don't want to say real good, but I thought that they picked up a player that I didn't think was going to fall to them, but did fall to them, and that's the Chicago Bulls. By drafting Kobe White, I think they addressed the need that they had at point guard because they have a lot of good young players, but in this up-tempo, need to have a guard that can not only push it from one end to the other, He needs to be able to score from all areas of the floor and shoot the three. And that's what they got with Kobe White. I mean, this guy is your typical Roy Williams, fast lightning, can shoot the three, and is a scoring point guard. Yes, he needs a little bit of work, but he came out, he's a one and done. So you still have Chris Dunn. So you could ease Kobe White in there. Now look at this, let's pay attention to this Bulls roster now. You got Chris Dunn. Zach Levine, Otto Porter Jr., Laurie Markkinen, and Wendell Carter Jr. That's your starting five. I'm not saying it's great, but that's a nice young group. 
where back in the days you might go into Chicago and say, this is an easy night. Let's go to the club the night before the game. Now you might be thinking, whoa, let's be easy here and not get run out the gym because these dudes got young legs and they're all athletic and they all do the same thing. Let's look at this bench a little bit. You know, now you got Kobe White, Cristiano Felicio. You know, you, you, you got players that, that you got Chandler Hutchinson, Denzel Valentine, we're still waiting on him to do something. You got Antonio Blackney. So, I mean, the Bulls, I'm a Bulls fan. Bulls, just, just get me to May with competitive basketball. I don't want to be tanking. Just get me to May, and that will be a successful season. Now, um, one thing that I did notice in this draft were as you're looking at the players that were drafted, the trends, because usually, you know, when you're drafting in a lottery, which is the first 14 picks, you're drafting best available talent. And then after that, you're going for more so need or if somebody slipped out of the lottery that you feel that is a real steal, a la Nasir Little, who went 25 to the Portland Trailblazers. At 25, Nasir Little is a steal because he's talented Needs work, but Portland doesn't need him to step in and be a starter. They can work him in off the bench. I mean, you still have that backcourt with McCollum, Dame Dollar Lillard, and you still have uh, Urich. Like I always say, there's always one of those itches on the team that always plays good and is very skilled. But let's get back to this trend that I'm beginning to notice. In this, and, 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 you know, I'm the only one that's, that, that's believing in this. And I'm still standing by this fact. We are in a positionless league in the NBA. The point guard, shooting guard, the lead, the, the, the small forward, power forward, all that is nothing. All that is is just a wrapper on your candy. Okay? All the candy bars are the same. Like I said last year, if you can't shoot the three, bring the ball up, Defend the perimeter. You're going to hold the Gatorade and sit next to the coach. I don't care if there's a, a, a point guard. When you're watching this past NBA Finals, how many times did you see Draymond Green bringing the ball up? How many times did you see Andre Iguodala bringing the ball up? And you have to realize, too, Okay, when the point guard in name brings the ball up, is he really initiating offense? Or does he either... You can see in the NBA now, there's two schools of thought. The point guard brings the ball over half court, gives it to the best player, and the best player gets busy. That's not initiating offense. And now you can see in the NBA, teams have principles and not more so plays. We have to spread the court at these areas and when you move and cut, everybody moves accordingly, but these areas still have to be filled. So the point guard could bring the ball up, and as he passes the ball, everybody moves and cuts accordingly to the principles that are involved with that specific team. Let's take, for example, this draft. Cam Johnson, forward out of North Carolina, at 23 years of age, is the oldest lottery player drafted. Why was he drafted? Because he could shoot the three. Okay? He went number 11 to Minnesota. 
Why? Why? And, and he's he got. And I believe he's gonna get traded to the Phoenix Suns. It's all of it's all about that. You know, one team drafts this player, and then they, you know the rights and all this and that. But my point is, is that they valued him that high, strictly on his willingness and ability to shoot the ball. I mean, you got Bol Bol, son of Manute Bol, who was invited to the draft. When you're invited to the draft, that means you're either A, we have reason to believe you're a lottery pick, or you're going in the first round. He went 44th in overall in the draft. He was in the second round. Why? Because he can't shoot the three at a high percentage, and at seven feet, and his long, lanky body, he cannot defend the perimeter. And you know why that's a problem? Because now, at the five, what do you do? You have a Steph Curry 1-5 pick and roll, and when Bol Bol switches and takes Steph Curry, we all know Steph is about to put some curry on that chicken as he put, lights it up from three. That's all it is. What I noticed, the trend is, if you... If you if, they look at the player and they say, can he shoot the three? Really? Let's put him in this basket. Now, what about his defensive versatility? If he can't shoot the three, can he defend the perimeter when they switch our pick and roll? Really? Let's put him in this basket. Oh, he can shoot the three too? Really? What else can he do? Wait, can he ball handle? Wait a minute. So he could grab the rebound. After he defended the perimeter on the switch and the pick and roll, grab the rebound. Bring the ball up and shoot the three. What else can he do? Is he in trouble? Those are the guys that they want in the league. That's where the true value is. That's where the trends are. You look at a guy, Taco Fall. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his last name, but he was, I think, a 7'6 center out of UCF. Can't shoot the three, can't defend the perimeter. Thank you. Right? You got a guy like... Nasir Little, he was the number six overall recruit coming in last year, predicted to be a top five pick. Defensively can't defend the perimeter, had problems shooting in three. Thank you. I'm telling you, that's why a lot of these players, let's just run through the guys in the top. Zion Williamson, he could defend the perimeter, can't shoot the three. John Morant, you already know. R.J. Barrett, you already know. DeAndre Hunter, you already know. Darius Garland, Jarrett Culver, Kobe White, Jackson Hayes. He was drafted and to by, by the Pelicans knowing he's a rim protector, but they wanted to go real young. Rui, Hachimu, Rui Hachimura, the first Japanese player ever drafted. Offensive, can shoot the three, needs to work on his defense, but he could ball handle. Cam Reddish, Cameron Johnson, P.J. Washington, Tyler Hero, out of the University of Kentucky, most felt was going to go late in the first round. A lottery pick. Why? Seeded three, beat it three. Romeo Langford. Those, all those guys that I just mentioned can either shoot the three, ball handle, defend the perimeter. They could do one of those three, if not all three. Don't tell me that this is not a positionless league. Okay? Where you got your center and your power forward that could bring the ball up and quote-unquote initiate offense. I'm still here. There's another guy I wanted to talk about. Darius Baisley. 
The reason why I want to talk about Darius is because he was a very interesting prospect in that he was a top recruit committed to Syracuse, decommitted, and decided to train under the supervision and management of Clutch and train and have an internship at New Balance last year. Now get this. He got drafted in the first round 23 overall. I'm not saying this is going to be the new trend, but I found that to be pretty cool that for his freshman year of college, he decided to just strictly work on his game. I'm sure he worked out for teams, but he's 6'8", 208 pounds. He got drafted. And like I said, Nasir Little played last year. Granted, he played the least amount of minutes out of anybody that was drafted in the first round, but he played. There's tape of him. Darius Basley, Basley last year was an intern getting people coffee and got drafted ahead of him. So, I mean, this league, as we know, it, is changing. And at 28, I don't want to say the rebuild is here, but the replacement just for next year, not permanently, Jordan Poole, 6'4", 191 out of Michigan. That guy can shoot a three. Yeah, he got some drip with the way he dresses, too. This was a very, there's a lot of interesting players in this draft. And it's going to be real interesting to see in a couple years how these players pan out. Because, you know, you got a Jared Culver who is going to Minnesota. And who was he compared to? Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Who did Minnesota just get rid of? Jimmy Butler. I mean, you got you you got you got players like a like a PJ Washington, Tyler Romeo. There's a there's gonna be a lot of players here. I think where there's gonna be noise made from them, and this this draft, I feel, I don't want to say it's gonna be a changing of the guard, but I think there's gonna be a lot of good players in this draft that we're gonna hear about in years to come. Now, um, as we come to an end of what I wanted to express. About this draft. You know how we do. I want to drop a dime. Of positive vibrations on you. And what I want to leave you with today is. Two things prevent us from happiness. Living in the past. And observing others. Live your damn life. I'm going to say that again. Two things prevent us. From happiness. Living in the past. And observing others. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.